bear in mind we are in middle April now. Thousand grain weights on seed are high this year, so guys are really going to have to start increasing seed rates to try and get those get those tiller numbers up and try and get to a thousand shoots come harvest time. So you're looking at seed rates probably somewhere north of twelve stone an acre for some of those bigger thousand grain varieties. A very brief dry spell at the end of last week allowed many farmers to catch up with some critical tasks. On many farms, this was planting, and on others, it was applying disease control and growth regulators. But for many, it was both. However, there's still a significant backup in critical tasks on most farms at the moment. Which tasks will you prioritise when the weather improves? You're listening to the latest episode of the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm joined again today by Kieran Collins and Shay Phelan, both tillage specialists in Chagas, to discuss the agronomy of crops and which crops are in need of attention first. Shay, despite the very wet spring, crops are continuing to grow. What's the typical growth stage of winter wheat at the moment? From some of the figures we got from advisors around the country last week, last week crops were at somewhere on growth stage 30, 31. I presume they've moved on again or they have moved on probably to strong growth stage 31 in a lot of cases and uh, this week um, despite it's it's cool today but I mean it's been relatively mild over the over the over the weekend and that so crops are moving on so they're kind of around that growth stage 31 at the moment for most of the certainly the early song crops some of the later song crops might be a little bit more backward um and I suppose if you look at them at the moment I mean there's a kind of a tail of two crops out there at the moment they're the crops that that got early established and probably got fertilizer there probably, you know, in middle of middle of March, somewhere around there towards the end of March. They're looking pretty okay at the moment. But some of those later sown crops are the crops that just didn't get fertilizer maybe until early April. Those crops are looking quite hungry at the moment. Um, and I suppose the management of those is, is going to be slightly different at this moment in time from what I can see. I mean, those later sown crops those ones that are hungry at the moment. Um, typically, you would normally put a growth regulator on those crops around now. They're a little bit under pressure at the moment, so I think we need to wait on another week or so until they start to green up again uh, and before we put a growth regulator on them. So, Where, so she, she, is there many of those crops out there, do you think? There's quite a few of them, Michael, and it's, it might not necessarily be down to when they were actually sown. It's actually when they actually managed to get fertilizer. Some of the heavier, wetter soils, people weren't able to travel on them up until early April. With all the rain we got in March, they just physically weren't able to travel on them. So they were kind of anaerobic in, in certain circumstances that they were just lying in water. So some of those crops are backward and we're just going to have to treat them as being backward and treat them with kid gloves at the moment. So, so what you're saying is that you, you, we kind of let, want to let those crops green up before you... you yes, um, yes. And, and, probably, and probably in a lot of those cases, Michael, as well, they probably will need to get their main split of nitrogen um, before you, the, the growth regulator, which is kind of unusual that you need to have those crops growing good and well before you put the growth regulator on them because it'll only drive them back even more. So they probably need to get their main split of nitrogen probably at an earlier stage than the, the, the earlier sown crops, if that makes sense. But those earlier sown crops now probably are due their main uh, application of nitrogen at this stage. They are growth stage 31. So they need all that nitrogen now to, to, to grow on through April. So, so Shay, are you saying that all winter wheat crops, for the most part, are all in stem extension? They probably all need to be brought up to good 75% of their nitrogen? In yes, the exactly. So generally, typically around now, mid-April, you generally put on about um, somewhere between 100, 100 and 120 kilos of nitrogen on those crops now, between somewhere between 80 and 100 units. So that needs to go on whenever the, whenever the weather dries up, probably next week. 
Um, and I suppose the other thing, just to be careful with it, <clears throat> crops as well, and guys driving through, there are a lot of soft patches in crops and there are tram lines that are starting to get very, very deep already. So guys need to be careful going going through these crops as well. So so Shay, we often talk about um, growth stage 31 as kind of a critical growth stage in winter wheat in terms of PGRs or getting putting a, a growth regulator onto it. Some of those hungrier crops might even be reaching that kind of point at the moment. And, and, and if we're going to delay an application to those crops, um, what are the options after growth stage 31? What, what does the farmer do? Well, I mean, you still have the likes of your your modest type products. So look, at they're they're still fine. Um, if you go on really late, then on into you know you know if we're kind of going to push it out to near the flag leaf stage, you can use the likes of turpin and stuff like that, provided you don't have provided you don't have a a, a, a contract for mushroom growers. So I wouldn't be panicking just about growth regulators yet, especially on those later crop later sown crops because they are that little bit more backward. So they probably have a little bit of time yet, growth stage wise. Well, go to back to the, the go back to the modus one then then Shay. So what are we saying? Modus can be used to grow stage thirty two, can it? Two, what's the yeah. what's the is is there a mix that you use? Or? So you can use your your typical um, psychocell modus mix. So you're looking at point two of modus and a liter of psychocell, which is a common mix that a lot of people use on on crops at this time of year, and that's fine. There's no problem using up to, that. Up to thirty two is it? Thirty two, yeah. There's okay. no problem. There's no problem using that, um, and that's a very popular mix, and most people are very comfortable using that on on wheat at this stage. You know, so it's it's a very flexible mix. You know. And Shay, I had a farmer tell me um, the other day that uh, he he reckoned that the third last leaf was out in his uh, early, I think it was about 10th of October sown um, winter wheat. I think that's probably a misread, Michael, to be perfectly okay. honest with you. I would say at this stage of the season, we're talking out uh, the middle of April, it's more likely it's leaf four that they're looking at. And quite often that can be a mistake when people are dissecting out crops uh, or plants to have a look and see what leaf is there. Leaf three typically comes out the end of April, not the beginning of April. So it's more than likely leaf four is what they're looking at at the moment or what they're seeing at the moment. Okay. Karen, can I bring you in there? What What's wheat looking like down in Cork at the moment? I noticed there wasn't a huge amount of it planted, but for that to stay, what's it looking like? Yeah, albeit, uh, as you say, a, a lower acreage this year, certainly. Um a, a little bit of a mixed bag again, I suppose, maybe something similar to Shea. You, you have a range of sowing dates. We have from some of those early October ones where there was a window there. Uh, they're quite quite advanced looking. They'd, they'd be 31, an odd one hitting 32 at this stage. Um, and then we have, you know, a small bit that was sown there in, in, in early November. Um, and then there was some winter wheat varieties sown there in that fine spell at the end of January and early February. Those ones are just starting to tiller at this stage. And as we know, you know, they're going to be quite a while before they reach stem extension. But um, I suppose the one thing I would have noticed uh, really is just the level of disease Albeit we, it's not something, you know, septoria wise that we'll be dealing with until, you know, leaf tree there at the end of the month. But um, certainly, you know, quite a bit in crops, but I suppose the weather has sort of favoured that in, in, in recent weeks. And Karen, when you're talking about that, should, should people be thinking about or planning that they're going to use some of the, um, I suppose, maybe the better chemistries is probably maybe, maybe I don't know, that's the right or wrong way of putting it, but maybe the more expensive chemistries, the likes of Revisols or Univox or some of those kind of ones. Are they, are, should we be thinking about that? Or uh, I think so, Michael, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, look, you know, wheat's a valuable crop. Um, and look, we, we we know from controlling septoria at this stage, the likes of of, of Revisol and, and, and um, you know, the, the Univox would be, you know, I, I think at this stage really is, is, is the only show for, for, for good wheat crops. 
Um, I think the the critical part of it though is is timing. You know, uh, that that leaf tree fully out and and obviously a flag leaf as well. I think that 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 really determines a lot of the the success or failure really of of disease control in wheat at the moment. And then obviously from an, an anti resistance perspective, getting a multi site like fall putting with them. I think really that's the that's the crucial part. I think. Okay, so so d- dissecting those plants, getting getting the leaves out, but as Shea was saying there, correctly identifying whether it actually is leaf three or whether the the flag leaf is still wrapped around the the, uh, the the head or not is probably really crucial in that. And start planning your, um, I suppose, maybe better fungicides have them, have them in stock because I suppose it looks like a tricky kind of season. How about uh, how about barley, Kieran, down, down your part of the world? Then? How's that looking? Yeah, OK. Um, I, I, I suppose the thing with barley and, and, and the same with wheat, I suppose, really, nearly every field you go into, there's some little poor patch or, or that just a, a symptom of the of the, the wet weather we've had over the winter and and obviously into lately as well. So I think that's that's a feature um, in terms of, of management. Um, a fair percentage of growers at this stage, I would say, have the first fungicide out, but not all. You know, certainly the weather has just, you know, just been difficult. We had a few dry days there at the end of last week, but we kind of hit with wind, so that kind of delayed. So there's certainly crops out there with no fungicide. So that that's going to be a priority there. And then I suppose in terms of growth regulation, I mean, look again, like Shay said with the wheat, there, there are plenty of options for later, the likes of your 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 turples there again. So I, I'd be just making a, a risk assessment on that if it's if it's not done, you know, how big is the canopy, what's the lodging rating of the variety and make a decision on that like obviously in combination with the amount of nitrogen you've outnut so there's still plenty of opportunities to get that done if it needs to be done so would it be fair to say Kieran, that basically all the nitrogen needs to be out in winter barley should have been out already maybe under winter barley it's a priority if it's not done and then a fungicide uh to to to, to the winter barley is probably the next kind of big one in, in terms of diseases or anything kind of striking you down in cork in terms of the disease levels rinko or net blotch and any of the particular varieties that uh, seem to be a, a big flashing red light, if you like. No big flashing red lights, I suppose. Some of it is predictable enough, I suppose, in terms of Rinko especially. And we've had that sort of Rinko weather recently. Um, overall, I would say um, disease levels are, aren't high. However, we all know with the likes of Rinko and especially the weather we're having at the moment, you know, and your 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 weaker varieties, your castings, your cassias, those ones, it will it will it will come in, and and it is in some crops already. So I think getting that first fungicide on just to protect those lower tillers, really, that's that's what it's all about at this stage. Um, and look, just prioritising that one, I think, Michael. And uh, Shay, is it a similar situation in the in the east of the country? Yeah, quite similar, Michael. Um, as Kieran says, their disease levels overall are low. That said, there are a couple of nuances out there. I mean, Jayu has quite a bit of mildew in it in places. We've seen quite a, quite a few of those crops that are quite advanced at this stage and are actually quite dense. So there's plenty of mildew in those. As Kieran says, your predictable varieties, likes of cassia, you know, Rinko starting to show up in those quite a, quite a bit now. Um, and again, like we were saying, um, nitrogen is due, the final split of nitrogen is due in most of those crops as well, as is wild low control. There's there's very little wild low control done on, on winter barley crops up around this part of the world just yet. Okay, so still a few jobs to be done there. Yeah. It, it, when, as you talk about oats there, in terms of cultivated oats or the, the, the standard oat crops out there, are they, from the few I've seen, that they look quite advanced. What are you seeing out there, Shay? Yeah, again, Michael, it's a mixed bag. Um, 
Obviously, most of them are sown probably around the middle of October, so they're actually quite similar in growth stages, most of them. Um, again, a lot will depend on when the first application of fertilizer went on them. The ones that got fertilizer early or, or on time, should we say, in March, those crops are somewhere between 31 and 32 at this stage. Um, and we're seeing quite a bit of mildew starting to show up in some of them, especially like some husky. Um, Isabel, probably not as bad. Um, but there, there, there are crops out there that are, you know, that have that were only late getting fertilizer. Those are a little bit more backward. Um, and again, a similar story to wheat. I mean, they have their due to get a growth regulator now, but we need to let the nitrogen kick in on those crops before we put put up more stress on them. So um, again, just going it's it's a it's a crop by crop approach. You're just going to have to look at every crop and see what's 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 in front of you. And is there any priority in terms of disease control with those, Shay? Um, yeah, like you say, um, mildew is, 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 is the big one on those, on those old crops at the moment. Some of those really advanced ones now, are there's quite a bit of mildew in them. So in that case, you're probably looking at putting a, a bespoke mildew site in with proline. While it's a good mildew site, may not be good enough on some of those denser crops. So you're looking at something like Midas or maybe even Turner or Winger, albeit you have the uh, the buffer zone to contend with there, the 15 meter buffer zone. Um, so, you know, in some of the crops that are cleaner, maybe Talius as an option there to try and prevent um, prevent uh, uh, the mildew getting in, or maybe a mix even with cello as well with the sporoxmine, which will help to which will help to keep the mildew at bay as well. So there are a few options there to, to control mildew in there. So just just the, remind everyone, the Jay, it's, it, it's a generally in winter also the three fungicide program. Yeah. Yeah, uh, on it, uh, culminating with the last one at the at the head kind of coming out. So the first one probably would have been due somewhere in growth stage 31, 32. So yeah, are, are, are we late for that? And would it would it mean that that when a crop is getting maybe towards 32, that that it's maybe back towards a two fungicide type scenario? There are definitely going to be situations like that this year, Michael. Um, normally, you would say, you know, you, you're looking at 30, 30 or 31 for your first application at 32 then with your second one and then as the as the head is coming out halfway out on your third one some of those crops are heading for growth stage 32 already so farmers are going to be putting out their main split for growth regulators at that stage um, and you're putting your and you're putting your fungicide at that stage so some of those more advanced crops probably will be only two spray programs some of the more backward ones it'll probably still be a three spray program in some of those so again like i say it's dealing with what you have in front of you so farmers need to get out look at the crops, get out, split those stems, because again, what I'm finding in oats, some of them look quite tall, but when you look at the internal growth stages of them, they may not be advanced or they may be more advanced than what you think. So it's 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 very, it's one of those crops this year, you really have to get out, do your groundwork, do your walking, split those stems, see where the heads are at, see where the nodes are at, figure out the growth stage and then formulate a plan. Okay. And Kieran, is it a similar situation further south in terms of oats? Yeah, in terms of what Shay described, would be very similar. Um, again, like th- there's very little winter oats on in, in in certainly around where I live in Cork, and you know you probably have to go up to, towards South Wexford before you you kind of get into any significant area of oats. You know, just the, the autumn didn't allow it. There was a significant area of oats on there in that window, say in in February and into early March. So I think a lot of the oats in in the southern half of the country is going to okay. going to come from those sowings, really. Yeah. Okay. And what about all the seed rape, um, Kieran? That, that's looking pretty, starting to look really nice, I suppose. It's getting maybe at full bloom or close to full bloom at the moment. Is there, is there any actions needed on any of those crops out there? 
Yeah, firstly, I'll say rape is a positive story this year. You know, I think it got in in good conditions there after the harvest, um, you know, was well established before kind of the weather changed and that. Uh, I think, or sorry, winter oilseed rape is looking really, really well this year. As you say, a lot of it is is heading towards full flower at the moment. Um, disease levels so far, we've seen little bits of light leaf spot and that, but but generally not too bad. Um, I suppose what you're really watching out for now is, is Slaritinia at this stage. So, you know, you'd be treating Slaritinia at, at early petal fall. But I suppose the crucial thing there is to kind of weigh up the risk, you know. So like if you've had trash or alternative hosts or I suppose the biggest risk really is is based on previous cropping. You know, if you've tight rotations or rape nearby in recent seasons, that, that they are going to be the higher risk ones. So, you know, if you get this type of weather where you're getting kind of dampness at, at petal fall and those petals are, are, are sticking onto the stem and there is infection there. So yeah, you have a risk in that in that case. So you're looking at a boscolid likes of phylon or, or amistar there at early petal fall. That, that would be the recommended treatment. And then if the risk is high, you may need to repeat that maybe after after three weeks as well. You know, a lot of growers on, on newish ground for oilseed rape, and, you know, we did see obviously see the big area increase, may not need that second one. But again, it's it's kind of weighing up the risk and, um, and treating then or not. And when you say close for previous crops, do you mean in the same field or within the vicinity? It, within the vicinity, Michael, yeah, the the um, you know the 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 slurosha, you know, we we will travel. So I suppose, look, certainly if you have a tight rotation in the same field, that's that's going to be the highest risk. But you know, still, if you've had you know um, oilseed rape in a neighbouring field, that that will increase your risk as well. You know, but I think the the length of the rotation is going to be the 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 biggest one really. Okay. Shay, we, we don't talk a huge amount about winter beans, but there certainly are some out there. Have you seen any or, and, and how are they coping in these wet conditions? You're right, Michael. There's, there's not too many of them out there. Um, they are, look at, they're, they're just probably the forgotten crop out there at the moment on, on a lot of farms because obviously people are, are trying to get work done on, on other winter crops. Um, they're, they're moving all right, Michael, I suppose. They're probably a little bit more tolerant of the wet conditions um, than probably the other crops that are out there, albeit, look, they don't want to be sitting in water either. Um, not starting to see some any chocolate spot just yet, but I, I'm guessing that we'll, in the next week or so, we'll probably see chocolate spots starting to appear into those crops. So they're probably going to need um, an application of a fungicide at that stage. Um, rather than letting it develop and trying to control it later on, but um, for the most part, they're they're doing okay. But again, there's not that many of them around. So look at I suppose they're probably a, a crop that's in the back of most people's mind now that they're trying to get work done on other crops. So if you see a bit of chocolate spot, do you attack it or, or do you, do you, you hang to, on? You wait and to, see? No, you need to get in straight away. If you see okay. chocolate spot there, you need to get out with a fungicide, be it signum or amistar and tebiconazole, and you're probably going to leave a lattice here where, where you're allowed one application later in the season. So you're probably looking at signum or the amistar sort of tebiconazole sort of mix in those early early timings. Okay. And I suppose, Shay, the majority of beans probably would have been planted in the springtime in that lovely conditions there in, in, in February. Yeah. What sort of area do you think was put in and, and, and what do you think of them coming up through the ground at the moment? It's a good question, Michael. Um, there's, there's probably, we're, we look like we're going to be certainly higher than what we were last year. I mean, there was a target probably at the beginning of the year to put in somewhere in the region of about 14,000 hectares of proteins. That includes winter beans, spring beans and, and spring peas. So we're probably not there. There's still, from what I'm hearing in the Northeast, there's still quite a bit of seed still on farms, not planted yet. Um, so there's 
you know, while that target is there at this stage, it's probably going to, we're probably going to struggle to make it. Um, the crops that are sown were coming through the ground about a week or 10 days ago. Um, most of those are looking okay at the moment, albeit, um, listening to reports, there's quite a few crops got no herbicide uh, after sowing. So, you know, they're really limited now in what they can, what they can apply at this stage. So they're looking at really as a Bazagran type situation. But again, you're going to have to look at your weed spectrum and that and see, you know, is Bazagran going to cover the weeds that you have in your field? So those could be a little bit messy later on as we go through the season. So we just have to wait and see how they come through. Uh, from the point of view of bean weevil, I was looking at a few crops uh, the other day, not seeing any bean weevil damage just yet. Uh, but again, it's something that, that growers need to keep an eye on and see if there's any of those sort of bite marks on the edges of the leaves. And if they're, you know, if they're, if they're bad enough starting from the hedge, working out across the headland out into the middle of the field, if they're starting to see a lot of damage done, well then uh, they probably need to give it a treatment of a, of a pyrethroid. Not for what they're, the, the, they're not going to eat the leaves, but they've got a little larvae in the stems, which can obviously uh, affect the growth of the crop later on. So just something to keep an eye on uh, at the moment. Like you say, I'm not seeing any yet, but you know, as the weather warms up and, and we get later into April, they start to move then. Sure. I suppose to, to you, Shay, but also Kieran as well, I get your, as a comment on it. In terms of the, um, you know, Shay, you mentioned that there is still some beans in sheds waiting to be planted. Is it too late now to start planting beans? I mean, God, if the weather dries up and we, we, we've seen this back in, I think it was it 2018, where, where beans were sowed very late into, into April and we got a drought almost straight afterwards and they weren't good afterwards, if you know what I mean. And there might be a couple of other maybe crops in that. Is it too late for wheat now? Is it too late for oats even now? Yes, it's a, it's a very good, it's a predicament, Michael. I mean, if you have the seed there, what do you do? And, and you're right, 2018 is a good barometer um, for, for what happened in that year. And, and again, we were, it was a double whammy in, in that season whereby we were late planting and then we got hit with a drought um, later on, which really, really affected all those late sown crops. And I suppose even if we get everything right and, and season goes on and, and we get a sort of whatever normal season will be, I mean, you have to bear in mind the wheat, beans or oats, you're probably going to be end up harvesting those late in September. Um, and that's far from ideal because your days are short um, and it can be a struggle at time to get, get harvesters going in those fields at that time of the year. So it is something to be very, very cost, cost, conscious of that if you are going to sow wheat, beans or oats at this stage, it's very, very late for them. Um, but some people, maybe through rotation restrictions or whatever it may be, may decide that they need to go on with them. Um, and I just, I suppose, another thing just to bear in mind, if you're going with, say, the likes of oats or beans, I mean, at this stage, if you're putting in spring wheat or spring oats, they're candidates really for the straw chopping scheme. And I think trying to, to save straw off those crops at late September is, is a very difficult job. So it'd be certainly one that I'd be considering if they're going to put in wheat or oats at this stage. Kieran, would it be a similar comment down south? Yeah, d just a comment on the beans. Firstly, I mean, the, the, there's very little, if any, hardly winter beans, the weather didn't allow, but like the majority of them went in, I would say, in that, that February, March slot, which is, and they're looking really well, arguably too well. I suppose we all, every farmer <laughs> probably compensated a bit for the crows and for whatever reason, all the bean crops I've been in lately have really high plant populations, which can be a positive, but can, can be a negative as well. But anyway, we have what we have. I, I, I think 
those, really Kieran, well. I, I'd rather lo- be looking at them than looking for them. Well, there's a little <laughs> so bit of that, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it can challenge us with chocolate spot and lodging later. But, you know, look, it's it's it, we, 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 we've had good yields from a high plant population. But I think that's, that's just a comment, really. Uh, in terms of the sowing date of beans, like the research would show that, you know, being sown in April can yield as well as March sown beans. However, the risk of something going wrong is higher. And just like Shay said, if you run into a dry period later in the season, that's that's where the risk uh, obviously happens. So I think the feel that you're sowing it in at a location is a big factor. If you're on light soil, that risk is much, much higher than somebody on a, on a heavier soil. So I think they're the, the factors weighing up whether, whether you go or not in, 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 in that scenario. Okay, so 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 target beans. If you if you have any left to sow, target in the heaviest field that you have. And if it's if it's only light fields left, um, maybe consider something else. Maybe instead, is that what you're saying? I think so. Yeah, and then it obviously is going to depend on when the weather shapes up. Like you know, sure. certainly getting into the back end of April is is an runner really. So, Karen, where are we at in, in terms of overall planting? Say of of, of the remaining cereals of barley. Is it half done yet? Do you think? I don't think so. No, for spring barley, no, I wouldn't think so. Um, it, it's very hard to gauge, but just talking to farmers and talking to the seed trade and, and, and agri-merchants and that, there's a lot of seed in sheds. Um, and like the little bits of windows we've had, you know, haven't been wide enough in the sense that ground just hasn't had that chance to to dry out properly. And then we've seen some of the consequences of that with some of the earlier sown ones. Some of those on lighter ground look really well, but there's a lot of spring barley fields you're going into now. And they're, you know, just patchy bits of headlands missing. And, you know, that's far from 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 ideal um, in terms of the overall percentage. It's 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 difficult like to put a percentage, but it's, it's less than 50. Anyway, it certainly is less than 50. OK, and and, and, and f- I suppose farmers have to, no matter what to do, they still have to wait for that ground to dry out. But I suppose it does dry that a little bit quicker, um, but it needs to soak, I suppose, underneath. It's yeah. probably the bigger thing, isn't it? Yeah, for me, like I looked at it, is is it, we're you we're all getting worried at this stage, but like the conditions trump everything. Like if it goes even no matter how late it goes, like just getting the conditions right for me is the is the biggest thing. And and like I mean, the whole landscape can change in a week. Like we have, you know, with the equipment we have now, you know, four or five good planting days and the countryside is transformed. So, you know, that's the other side of it. And Shay, up this side of the world, is it a similar kind of situation or is there a bit more planted than, than down in Cork? Um, I would say, Michael, in the lighter soils, soils around the Thai, Carlo, there's, uh, maybe even the North Wexford, there's quite a bit of done. And um, traveling along the Slaney a couple of weeks ago, it's a lot of, lot of barley sown in that Slaney Valley as well on some of those lighter malting sites. Um, and that's up and looking quite well at the moment. But similar to Kieran, I mean, on the heavier soils and as you move into the Northeast and Northwest, very little barley sown. Um, and I'd say the vast, vast majority of, of spring barley that's to be sown those in those areas is still still in the bag. So uh, a lot of work to be done, Michael. Um, and I suppose the other thing, just to bear in mind, we are in middle April now. Um, thousand grain weights on seed are high this year. So guys are really going to have to start increasing seed rates to try and get those, those really um, get those tiller numbers up and try and get to a thousand shoots uh, at come harvest time. So you're looking at seed rates probably somewhere north of 12 stone an acre for some of those bigger uh, thousand grain varieties. Um, so farmers really need to check and see what's on the bags and adjust, adjust the seed rates for those. So Shane, that's the old money. We equate that to the new money in terms of plants per meter squared or seeds per meter squared and kg. So, you, so you're looking at about looking at planting about 350 to 360 um, pl- uh, seeds per meter squared to establish somewhere north of 300 
um, plants per square meter. So you're looking at somewhere in the region of about 190 to 200 kilos a hectare if you're setting the drill. Um, and it's just, you know, to tear, bear in mind that we are getting late into, in, into the sowing season now. Plants won't have the same capacity to farm tillers as those earlier sowing crops will. So you're trying to compensate that by putting more seed into the soil to give you a chance to hit those targets that, that we've talked about before. And Kieran, as it's getting on a little bit late, would it be the recommendation to try and put as much of the N, P and K into the soil uh, at sowing as, as, as possible? Yep, certainly. Uh, P and K is a no-brainer. Certainly, that's 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 a done deal. I suppose we would traditionally, obviously, get as much nitrogen then in as the kind of compound would allow in terms of that flexibility. Uh, there's certainly a strong argument for later sown crops to put more of that nitrogen into the seedbed. Um, you know, if you're placing, the only area you need to be careful of is is if you're using urea and if you're placing alongside the seed. You know, you'd probably limit that to probably 70, 75 kilos. But we saw in 2018 where people put almost all the nitrogen into the seedbed. And I think that 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 can work really well just to, to work it in. And look, that's just in, t- in anticipation of, of drier weather that may or may not happen. But certainly increasing the nitrogen in the seedbed is definitely something to look at from now on. I would so, think, yeah. so you'd probably go to maybe 60 or 70 percent of total, Kieran, would you? Yeah, with no issue with that. Yeah, no issue okay. at all. OK, so Kieran, I, I suppose the other one then is the last kind of, I suppose, a few other kind of crops. And, and Jay, I'm going to come back to you on potatoes in a second. But there's a couple of other crops there, the likes of maize and beet. And I, I, I'm... I'm assuming or presuming there's none of that, none of that planted at all so far. Is that, um, you know, is it, uh, there'll certainly be lots of it sown again this year, but is that an alternative option for farmers out there, do you think? Yes and no, I suppose. Look, the, the area of maize and beet has remained kind of, you know, stable enough in recent times. And the reason for that is there's a certain market available for it, you know. Um, so look, any tillage farmer that hasn't grown maize or beet before, I mean, you need to have a market, you need to have it sold today. So it's like the risks are just too high at this stage in terms of, of, of the cost of both crops, you know. So growing it on spec just, just isn't a runner. So I think that's that's obviously the first thing. Secondly, in terms of those that are sowing, you know, date-wise, that wouldn't be a concern yet, really. I think the, the key thing for both crops is high soil temperatures, um, getting them sown and then, you know, um, I suppose not having a setback, really. Really. So I, I wouldn't be really concerned in terms of sowing date just yet. Um, for me, it's a bit, Michael, no. Okay, grand. And finally, Shay, um, potatoes, is there any much in at all? Are people well behind or is it still pretty okay? We're still, I'd say, Michael, for the most part, we're still okay. We're, we're probably starting to move on to the later side of the start of it. But that said, most most growers now are well kitted out that they can do a lot of work in a very short space of time. There is some early rooster in, um, and obviously your your earlies like Queens and Premier and stuff like that, they're they're pretty much done at this stage. Um I suppose talking to a few growers there in the last couple of days, um they are starting to get a little bit concerned that, you know, certainly on some of that heavier ground, that it is going to take it a while to dry out. Uh, and again, similar to what Kieran was mentioning earlier on, I mean, soil conditions trump everything. Wait until the soils are right before you start going in because potatoes are one crop that are very unforgiving of of planting into poor conditions. You know, you're going to affect root growth, you're going to affect nitrogen up or nutrient uptake, uh, and you're going to affect final yield afterwards. So wait until the, until the soils are dry at depth, not just on the top, not, you know, don't go when you see the top of the ground white, let it soak, let it dry. Um, it'll cut down on your cost of establishment, but it'll also improve the, the yield potential of the crop as well. 
I suppose this year's day was a difficult year, I suppose, might be the best way of describing it in terms of uh, growing potatoes and making any money out of it. Do you think the area is going to be down this year? The indications are, Michael, um, and it's a very dangerous thing to say, particularly this day, the indications are, yeah, there are a few people going to exit the market for different reasons. Um, There are a couple of supply chains that have closed for a couple of people. So um, it looks like the area is going to be back. That said, it it might be back in one area and it might be up in another. We don't know. We we may wait and see. Certainly, it looks at this stage the likes of your typical rooster, uh, Kers Pink, Home, RM, uh, Golden Wonders, those types of crops will probably be back. They may or may not be compensated by guys moving into processing. Um, but again, it depends on a lot of, of variables between not just uh, okay. your market, but also land availability as well, which is which is also com- coming into question. Guys, look, that's great. It's a great update. Um, there certainly seems to be an awful lot of work out there that that, 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 that farmers need to kind of catch up on, whether it's um, spring uh, planting crops and getting those in or, or dealing with the agronomy on some of the winter crops that are already there so farmers are certainly going to be busy whenever that weather takes up so guys listen uh, thanks again and uh, look I'm going to uh, maybe ask you uh, to come back in maybe a couple of weeks time and we'll touch base again to see where our crops are then no problem thanks, Michael. Michael. thanks a million so that's it for this week and my thanks to Shay and Kieran for joining me on the show keep an eye out for the local Chagas crop walks coming up in April and in early May throughout the country there are two walks, one in Carlow today, April the 13th, and in the Thai on April the 18th. These walks will go through the economy needs of crops in 2023. For more details, go to chagas.ie forward slash events. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.